tribute. Long time ago, me and my brother Kyle here, we was hitchhiking down a long and lonesome road. All of a sudden, there shined a shiny demon in the middle of the road. And he said, You're listening to Front and Center with Sean and Joseph! Oh, I'm way sadder than I sound in that because it's our second last show here at Front and Center. It's episode 11. You're with Sean and Joseph. You, This is a show where we talk to incredible young people and we give you some incredible, crazy, crazy news. Welcome back! Welcome everybody, Ele- episode 11, oh my lord, oh, I'm so sad, so only sad. one episode to go after this, how time has flown, I mean talk about time flying, uni break, pretty much come and gone already, Jules. it's hardly a break, it's a week, <laughs> it's hardly a break, I wish it lasted, felt like it lasted a whole lot longer, Jules oh. what do you got up to during your beautiful week off? Nothing, <laughs> I was not as productive as I should have been, I spent the whole time applying for jobs. Um, oh, after uni, right. I didn't do I didn't do any of my study, which was very important. I should have done a lot more studies. So don't kids listening, don't listen to your old uncle Jules. Do <laughs> your study during the uni break. <laughs> well, my friends was just like, I'm so disappointed. The uni mail uh, admin page is down because I can't do any research through the library, and I'm like, wow, yeah, same, totally, man. <laughs> Scratch it. Ooh. How about you, Sean? What did you get up to this week? Uh, plenty of things. I uh, had. Out to uh, Horsham on Monday. Oh, that's right. Why'd you head out to Horsham, Sean? I actually have gotten a job out there. Really oh, exciting. big announcement. Big announcement. I got a job out there as a, a journo. Not on the radio, unfortunately. Thank you. You won't be able to hear my voice on the radio. but Oh, so disappointing. You'll be able to uh, hear some of my words. Uh, hear? Write, read? Read. <laughs> read some of the words that uh, hopefully I'll be writing up there. So, yeah, it was uh, down in the country. First time. For all our big fans over at Horsham, get ready for Sean Wales to be reporting on your local country footy. Oh, yeah. We'll be focusing on the footy. A bit of a sports gig up there. For those who don't know, Horsham is four hours northwest of Melbourne. It's a common hopping area, stopover if mm. you're going to Adelaide. So, yeah, look. Not Sean close. likes to say it's about four hours from everything. It's like four hours from Ballarat, four hours from no, Adelaide. Two, two. two hours from Adelaide. Two hours from so Ballarat. Uh, two and a half hours from a lot of places Mount mm. Gambia, <laughs> Ballarat. Uh, I think Mildura, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, look, check out, out the Grampians out there. Had a, had a good time uh, frolicking around in the in the bushes. Beautiful. That's a big congratulations, Sean. I think everyone from Sim Media and all your friends and all your family is super proud of you because you are following your dreams of becoming a journalist so early in life as well. You're only 21, just finishing your arts degree. It's absolutely oh, incredible. Stop it, Jules. It's nowhere near as big as your achievement this oh, week. Oh, getting... I got a tattoo. Yes. yes. Famous <laughs> <laughs> number what? Six? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Number seven. Now you can't. A lot of tattoos. You can't see Julian due to the issues with radios, <laughs> but he's not the type of guy you'd expect to be sporting six tattoos. You know, he look no. like he's, he's short, <laughs> extremely good looking. <laughs> so, like, why would he ruin his body with amazing tattoos? But, yeah, no, but yeah. I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> you're, you're getting a fair few. And what's your rule with the tats? Where, how can't they... You don't want them to be I don't seen. want them to be any further than like halfway down, but like probably midday way down my forearm. Yeah. So then I won't see them in a suit. So all my yeah. tattoos... You'd never see any of my tattoos if I'm wearing a suit. That's very smart, Jules. Do you expect to be wearing a suit where in your working life? Well, maybe. I don't know. I want to work in radio. I'm going to pursue a career in radio, everyone. That's my current radio, my, my current radio path. My current career path. So... Uh, 
Probably not, but I guess, you know, there's no problem because no one's going to see me while I'm on the radio. But i got a really nice set of Ibex horns right on my forearm, so hopefully no one ever sees that and goes, damn, I don't want to hire that kid. <laughs> with no. a little Illuminati eye. Uh, a little Illuminati eye. I love it. It looks. Well, I'm really happy with it, but the Illuminati eye looks slightly like an avocado. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm happy I've got also got a white girl tattoo of an avocado on my arm. Also got to uh, give a little... Shout out to my sister. We played her song a couple of times. Always shout out Sean sister. proud moment. She's just hit number 40 in the Triple J Unearthed rankings for rankings chart for her latest song, Easy Breezy. Give it a listen. Let's push it up into the top 20, I reckon. Absolutely. Let's get it up there, guys. But in the meantime, before you listen to that, listen to the rest of our show. There's only like another 57 <laughs> minutes left, so you might as well enjoy the rest of it. We're going to be talking to an extremely special guest today. Plot twist, we're not talking to anyone outside of Sin. We're talking to the general manager of Sin, Tess Lawley. How exciting is that? Super excited to be talking to the boss. She has mm, the big done, boss. We thought we'd bring it uh, back home and you know focus on you know the five hundred odd amazing young volunteers here at Sin and you know put them in the spotlight through the general manager. We are going Absolutely. to refer to her from now on as GM. That's what that stands for. Look, she has done heaps with community radio and young people in the media. Uh, you know, she sits on boards, radio boards, PBS, and uh, chairs as she presents in radios. <laughs> oh, just <laughs> oh, good pun. Thank you. Great pun. <laughs> so yeah, looking forward to having a chat with her. Before we do, that's another. That's twenty minutes away, guys. Don't even worry about that for now. Get ready for some incredible news, as usual. You're listening to Front and Centre with Sean and Jules are here on Sin Nation. That was um, Brassy Sun by S. Carey. And that was our... The saddest <laughs> song we've ever played on Front and Centre, followed by the funniest swimmer we've ever come up with on Front and Centre. But we've got another one for you a bit later. Get ready. We've got a couple of doozies for you tonight. We thought we would you know, quickly put a few things together, and that was the first one. Very well done there, Jules. Well done. Thank you, Sean. You too. We are going to be on The Voice soon, guys. Tune in next year. Uh, season 2018, Sean and Jules are duet on The Voice. <laughs> oh, Jules, before we talk to our very special guest, Tess Lawley, GM of Sin, uh, just young media producer extraordinaire, we are doing what we like to do here, which mm. is talk about weird, wacky, and hopefully unheard of news. Oh, and guys, we've got some crazy, crazy news for you as per usual. Oh, this week we don't have a theme, but that's all right. We've got some good stuff for you anyway. All right, Sean, are you ready for the first story? Hit me with it. Jules. Sean, you've gone through a breakup before, haven't you? Yeah, look, a lot of people have. I'm not the only one. <laughs> we all have, Sean. We've all had our hearts broken. <laughs> Keep it together, Jules. Come on. I'm not crying for laughter. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, everyone's gone through a breakup, Sean. However, uh, what what is the furthest you've gone to get through a breakup? Because I doubt it's as far as this guy who... Paid a thief to steal his girlfriend's belongings to make <laughs> things easier. Yeah, so to make it easier, I'm just going to get someone to steal her stuff. That's not going to leave any long-lasting scars or anything. E.g. a massive scar in your bank account when you get fined $866 for it. But this guy from Gladstone up in Queensland 
he he's not just this he's not the classic jealous ex that you normally expect, Sean. He was on a holiday with his girlfriend, um, and he was going to break up with her on the holiday. But then, just to make things better, quote unquote better, he thought, "Hey, I'm going to pay a thief two hundred dollars to steal her all her stuff, including her laptop, jewelry, clothes, and her passport, to make it." I'm not sure how that would make it easier. I just I find it's very interesting that. They stole the passport of all things. Like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> just like make her really scared that her identity is going to be stolen oh, to make her more distressed. So the logic, it's always important to understand the logic of these people. When is we there logic in this situation? The logic though? of this guy was that if he, so he breaks up with his wife or his girlfriend, I think they had a I don't kid think together. you break up with your wife, Sean. It's, so called, it's called divorce. He broke, breaks up with his girlfriend on holiday mm-hmm. and the logic is that when he comes back home and sees that none of her stuff's there, it's going to be easier for him. So basically, he also he got. So I assume it's his own house as well. So the thief broke into him and his girlfriend's house, took all the girlfriend's stuff. He and goes none home. Of his stuff. Life's normal. None of his girlfriend's stuff's there. He's not reminded of her every day. But it hasn't gone too well for him. But how did it make it? E- how would that have made? Oh, okay. I see what you mean. It made yeah, the no breakup easier. Yeah. yeah, true. But then, like, I feel like. By easier, it also related to her reaction because I'm not sure how she would that make well, it easier. It for hasn't her. been easier at all because now you know we got talking court cases and he has to pay her $866 for all the items that uh, that she's lost. So look, this just this is dragging on. It's not it does not seem to be easier at all. PSA, guys, if you're gonna break up with someone, don't overthink it too much. Just cut him at the knees. <laughs> Don't ever think it. <laughs> Don't do this shit, okay? Let's be graceful, yeah, please. Let's do it. All right, Sean, <clears throat> tell me about the oh, next story. This is absolutely fantastic. So, again, in Australia, on the eastern coast, Jarvis Bay, uh, up yeah, up there in New mm. South Wales. Interestingly, Jarvis Bay is actually part of the ACT. Yeah, I think um, they wanted every state in Australia to have a beach, so they made Jarvis Bay part of Canberra. <laughs> oh, that's my theory, anyway. I don't think that's an actual thing. Anyway, it's you know, up there, New South Wales, part of ACT. Let's move on. Uh, but basically, scientists have discovered a city of octopuses. <laughs> an uh, octopusy? Octopusi? Octopi? Oct- octopuses is the plural we're going to be going with. There is a, c- a city of octopuses. So it's not mm. like, you know, I'm not talking millions of octopuses. 10 to 15 octopuses occupy this certain area in Jarvis Bay. But what makes this so interesting is that they are living at a high density. So this is a lot to be living in one area. And they have mm-hmm. highly complex social interactions. Yeah, I mean, I love I loved watching a good nature documentary, Sean. So I know that octopuses are very sol- solid... Uh, what's the word? Solitary. solitary. Thank you. Solitary creatures. They are. Um, so this is very strange for them to be living yeah. in such social cohesion. And that, that's why, yeah, this is so interesting. The mm. species, yeah, look, they've... They're, uh, Showing signs of communication, fighting, even evicting people from <laughs> their So this so is like dens. octopus survivor? They're like, you've been voted <laughs> off the island? Uh, they, yeah, so they've fully formed a settlement around, yeah, like just rock and uh, shells, sand. So they've made their own kind of little octopus haven, which has been dubbed. Sure, tell me what it has been dubbed. It has been dubbed Octlantis. Octlantis, <laughs> everyone. Because, yeah, look, it's an octopus city. Very interesting. It's it. actually the second settlement to be found in the area. They found one in 2009 mm. with a whole bunch of octopuses in Jarvis Bay. But oh. that was uh, the octopuses. I, I just I can't get used to saying octopuses. Octopi. <laughs> they had uh, inhabited a man-made metal structure. Oh, okay. This is so interesting that they've built it all by themselves. Wow. Even uh, more that, interesting. That, that's an octopolis. Yeah. <laughs> 2009, they call it octopolis. I love it. 
That's incredible. Where, uh, where do you go from here? What, what's the next octopus city name? You know, they find another one. What are they going to call it? Um, I don't know. Planet new, Octopus? New Octopus City? Yeah, New 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 New, new, new York? <laughs> new, new Octopus? I don't know, man. That was bad. We'll get back to that you with that one, everyone. Bad. We'll come up with some puns during the song break. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. That's incredible. If, if octopuses who are normally solitary creatures can live in harmony, why can't human beings, Sean? Oh, that is the real question. You but are... yes. <laughs> Very timely, Jules. Mm. Very well. That's done. incredible. I love it. I love. It. I love hearing about this stuff when animals and creatures that normally, uh, yeah, fighting each other and that you wouldn't normally see together, just for some reason, for like no discernible reason, decided to just hang out. I wonder what it is about Jarvis Bay as well for him to have to found two octopus colonies, not one but two. And pretty amazing that we've got these fantastic scientists coming up with so innovative names mm. for these octopus cities. I love it. I think Oxalantis. there should be people getting paid to make these puns. I'm glad they are. <laughs> But, Sean, that is, they're, they're living in a, a small world, those octopuses. Yes, they and are. you know who else is living in a small world? <laughs> oh, Still? Tell me. B.O.B. Uh, you mean the rapper? I mean the rapper, not Bob. Not Bob. B.O.B. <laughs> Talk to me about B.O.B. He's hit the news lately. What has old mate... Oh, what's, he, what's he doing? <laughs> old mate B.O.B. still thinks the world is flat. And frankly, Sean, he is fed up with people not believing him. So he has come up with a genius solution that only rapper B.O.B. could come up with. He's had rap battles with Neil deGrasse Tyson, but that's not going to stop him now. Sean, play the clip. Do it. I have come to the conclusion that instead of just sending one satellite or several satellites into space, I will be raising funds to try every available experiment and test, including but not limited to uh, weather balloons, drones, uh, blimps even, um, high altitude balloons, and whatever else, um, or any type of suggestion um, that anybody has. So he is He's taking suggestions, everyone. He's crowdfunding campaign. He wants a million dollars to purchase any high altitude kind of uh, technology. object technology that will go up to space and prove to him that the world is flat. Originally, prove to everyone the world is flat because he doesn't trust NASA. He needs his own B.O.B. branded <laughs> satellites going up into the, into the atmosphere. Now, originally... He wanted two hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred thousand dollars, and then he realized that's not much for a space program. We realize, you know, when you factor in, you know, the cost of satellites. <laughs> well, he was like, oh, they don't cost a couple of grand. No, nah, so now he's decided realistically to realistically prove the Earth is flat. He's going to need mm. a cool one mil. Realistically, <laughs> quotes. He needs a, just a cool, a small loan of a million dollars. And Jules, if you don't think this bloke can raise a million dollars, tell well, me how much he's raised, Sean. He is absolutely on fire at the moment. He has raised three thousand and one hundred ninety-two dollars. Oh my god! How do people? Oh, who would? I feel like I feel like people are. Um, I feel like people are donating this stuff to him just for a laugh. I feel like people are just like, we want to see what's going to happen. But I mean, good on them spending their money on this crap. <laughs> Can you believe? I, I just love it though. I love the, gotta love the ambition. The fact that he's saying, I am so sure that the world is flat. I'm actually going to spend my money and make, you know, I mean, he's only spending his own money because he's a millionaire. He's a rapper. That's why I'm confused. Why doesn't he just use his own million dollars? I'm sure he, uh, he hasn't, like, you know, been too popular over the last few years. I'm sure yeah. he's still got a bit. Actually, he probably just wants to make sure he doesn't accidentally end up wasting all his money. He's been publicly skeptical of the Earth's roundness since 2015. I'm pretty sure, is that kind of the same time of his downfall? So maybe he's like, oh, no, one, say, no one's digging my music. Stunt. No one's digging my music anymore. Mm. I've got to get onto the public 
uh, sphere some other way. At least his diss track as Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, got up on the charts because everyone was like, this is ridiculous. He's part of a ever-growing collection of famous flat earth uh, Idiots. Believers. Idiots. Uh, NBA stars seem to get around it. Kyrie Irving mm. and one of the best players of all time, Shaquille O'Neal. Both Why? believe the earth oh. is flat, as well as reality TV star Tila Tequila. There's just... Their lives revolve around throwing a ball, like a round object. <laughs> Why would they believe that we live on a round object? I just don't understand it. <laughs> Very interesting that people can uh, disagree with this kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? people are stupid. Uh, yeah. Because they all think that NASA's just photoshopped all the photos of around earth. They're like, damn, dude, this is some terrible photoshop. Like, oh, no. It's real photos. Well, what was your favourite story, Jules? I oh, my favourite story was definitely the um, breakup one. Oh, the breakup. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. I just love it. I mean, if, ne- if I ever need to break up with someone, I am definitely going to be not be doing it like that. So, oh, it's always oh, good yeah. to learn from other people's mistakes. Coming up, we have oh. a fantastic interview with GM of Sin Tess. Lolly, we're going to be picking her brains to see all the amazing things she's done over the last few years, getting involved with youth media and mm. public broadcasting should be a really good chat. This is very, very exciting. I'm so excited, guys. But I'm even more excited for this song. This is an amazing song. Just listen to it. This is suggested by Tess herself. She'll explain why she chose it in just a moment. Excuse my language and a huge language warning for this one, but this is Boss Bitch by Laser Tits. That is another great sweeper. You're listening to Sean and Julesa on Sin Nation. How you going, Sean? Yeah, absolutely fantastic. We've uh, just talked about some awesome news, so I'm feeling real up and about. If you're just tuning in, uh, we are joined now by with Tess Lolly, GM, General Manager of Sin Media. She's our inspirational young person for the week. Tess. And she's also <laughs> technically our boss, I guess. <laughs> How are you going, Tess? Technically. I'm good, thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is great. Absolutely. Thanks for being three. Thanks for coming. Um, before we get started, that song that we just played was Boss Bitch by Laser Tits. We spoke to you before the show and you were totally getting around this song. Tell us why it inspires you so much. Well, I mean, as a boss and a bitch, no, um, <laughs> as a boss, uh, it is just like a totally inspirational um, song for being in charge of things. You know, there was this, um, there was a video that went around a while ago of sort of like all these celebrity females saying like, um, you know, we shouldn't label women um, with these kind of like subtly sexist terms. And one of them was bossy, where women or girls get called bossy when really they're just, you know, doing their job or just, um, you know, kind of um, forthright or, you know, kind of exhibiting behaviours that if men did, it wouldn't really be a big deal. Mm. Um, And so there was this, uh, you know, very powerful moment at the end of it where Beyonce goes, I'm not bossy, I'm the boss. Um, (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that's right. Literally, for me, I'm the boss. (laughs) Um, And then... um, 
a few months later when Laser Tits released this song. Um, yeah, if I'm having a rough day, I just listen to that on repeat. I've yeah. tweeted it many times and it's just like, yeah. Gets you pumped up. Yeah, that's absolutely. Your pump, that's your pump-up theme song? Before, yeah, that, totally. Before right, you I'm going to delete that song from my quick fire <laughs> round because that was one of my questions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I before just you go like, and have a serious chat with someone, you just, you know, you chuck that song, like, all right, I'm ready to... Yeah. You like, do some Rocky Balboa, you go into a freezer and start punching some meat into the yeah, song. You're just totally. like, oh, yes, come on, let's do and it. And then I go into a meeting and I'm very respectful of everyone in the room. Yes, that's yeah. the way we do it, but you're that's firm because you're the boss. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you're not just the boss of sin, though. That would be enough. But <laughs> you, you, but sit on, you, uh, you do a fair few things. You sit on the board of PBS. I do, yeah. Uh, another uh, community radio broadcaster. You've uh, worked, you've been on the board of the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Uh, involved in helping West Brunswick Footy Club establish... A women's team. That also, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you... And you also present on Triple R as well. Presenting I mean... on Triple R. In fact, I'm presenting on Triple R from 6am tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> Filling in for in. breakfast. Front so... and centre fans. If you like Tess tonight, which yeah. I'm sure you will, tune in. <laughs> you clearly love community radio. Where has this passion come from? <laughs> not the most common um... of passions. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I, I moved to Melbourne... Um, to study and when I moved to Melbourne I was sort of studying media and communication and I looked at my life and I was like you know what I want to give radio a go but that probably won't work out can't get any paid work in that so um, I'll probably just go into advertising and so I did some advertising subjects at university um, and at the same time I joined a community um, I joined the student station at Swinburne um, and I hated my advertising subjects with an absolute passion and I loved every second I was um, on the radio, every second I was around the station hanging out with people. Um, and so, yeah, within about an hour of broadcasting and my first show was bad, yeah, <laughs> really bad. So after, yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. Um, and so, so after a, a one hour of very, very poor broadcasting, I was so hooked Um mm. And I got straight into it and then just wanted to volunteer at every community radio station that would take me, um, which is how I ended up doing stuff on air at um, Triple R, PBS, came over to SIN, um, came to SIN and was like, SIN has these great structures for training our for training up young people in media. So I'm just going to go there and I'll steal all of their resources and their knowledge and then I'll leave. And I never <laughs> left. <laughs> you got stuck in the never SIN. Never So how many left. years is that now? Uh, five, maybe six. Wow. wow. So That's how old were you when you started? That's a long time in sin terms, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, people come and go, you know, get, you know, get work and whatnot, but yeah. you found your work here, so... Yeah, That's totally. Right. So I think I was 21 when I joined Sin, which is kind of old for Sin terms as well. Mm. That's right. Um, I, was, I, was, I think I was nearly 21 as well when I joined. Because I am yeah. 21 now. So it's Sean, actually. There you go. Oh, you We're know, all the same, yeah. You know, I feel so bad because I, I joined at 21 and then I met all these like amazing 16-year-olds and was like, you guys are so cool. I can't believe you get to like go on the radio That's and been do our the drive job program. doing this show, yeah. yeah <laughs> Just yeah. being like everyone we've interviewed is like younger than 18 and doing way better than all. Oh, damn inspirational young people. Um, And um, But then I've also met people in my time at Sin who are like, I only discovered this place when I was 25 and a half, so just don't even. Because, of course, on Sin, when you turn 26, uh, we call it your, quote, sin death because it's like Mm. you died. You have to leave. You're not allowed to volunteer anymore. You're not allowed to be on the radio or um, on the TV. So what's the plan when that day comes? 
Well, I'm actually about to age out. Luckily, as a staff member, I'm allowed to stay at Sin Beyond okay. 26. Mm, but I do. Break the rules. Yeah, totally. We make the rules and then we break them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> boss bitch, yeah. <laughs> um, and so we, um, so yeah, staff members are allowed to stay on. Um, but I'm aging out in November. Um, but, you know, it's it's hard. Like, I have to um, urban dictionary search a lot of stuff <laughs> that people say to me yeah. in my job. Oh, that's um, lit. That's lit. Yeah, totally, totally. Fam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got an email from the online manager and he's Dad. like, hey, fam, uh, just letting you know about this Facebook thing. And I'm like, what? Um, Facebook? Yeah. Huh? I thought we were all on Snapchat. I'm joking. My Snapchat's dead. What? No, oh, now, a 14-year-old told me Snapchat chat's dead so oh I know it is. That's Sean just got Instagram and he's like Instagram stories absolutely crap all over mm-hmm. Snapchat stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I reckon mm-hmm. that it's going to take over. I disagree. Yeah. I highly disagree. No, it's all about the gram. So what is it about community radio in particular? What is it, what's the community side of the radio that's gotten you so up and about? Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I think it's a lot of things. I think it's that moving to Melbourne... Um, and uh, from country Victoria and kind of trying to find my way around. Um, Sometimes you need like a bit of a second home Mm. and you need like a bit of a second family. Um, And for me, that very quickly became Triple R. Um, And then uh, the more I kind of engage with different stations, the more I realise the kind of um, variation across the sector. Um, And it's it's huge. And I... um, and, And that kind of... That, that comfort and that support was sort of like, I want to stick around here. And then um, I found myself getting jobs and being in like volunteer leadership positions at SIN and being able to do things that was actually making a direct sort of social impact. And I think mm. um, that's the thing that's really amazing about community media is that if you exist for your listeners to engage with and, um, you know, really kind of deeply interact with, you you actually see these flow-on effects in the community and we're community-strengthening organisations. And so that's kind of the bit that I that I really love. Um, and then, you know, Sin just kept giving me jobs and I can't get rid of me. It's really... <laughs> yeah. Ah, sin. just twisting your arm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you have a single most memorable moment from out, either in, outside the studio? You know, you talk about strengthening community. Has it been an event where you thought, wow, you know, community radio really is special? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first time I ever went to the community broadcasting, uh, like the national conference, was when it all set in for me just how many stations there are, how many different things are being done. But also, number one, you know, this was this was before I was working. I was working casually at SIN at the time. Um, how exceptional SIN is. Because I would, you know, I had SIN on my little name badge and people would be like, oh, wow, SIN's so amazing with youth engagement. You know, we're from this little station in the country and... Um, uh, you know, I'm the youngest person and I'm 65 uh, <laughs> and we're really worried that our announcers are going to die soon. Yeah. So we just love what Sin does. And I'm like, wow, yeah, Sin is fucking legit, man. Like Sin means business. When we say, uh, you know, engaging and working with young people, we mean it. Um, and so realising all of that was, um, that was probably the start of my um, sort of step into, oh, actually... I think I know what I want to do. I think I know what my dream job is. It's general manager of SIN. That's awesome. So you're li- living out your dream job. Yeah, I know. So it's so, all downhill well, down down. after this. <laughs> it can only go down. So uh, what would what would your tips be for 
uh, young individuals who want to move their way into the radio industry and sort of become, I guess, like move up to the, the big leagues like you have sort of thing? My tip for anyone trying to work in media or a competitive kind of creative industry is try everything. So intern, volunteer, jump on Sin Nation if you're under 26, do interviews, jump on Sin 90.7, the FM station, do music broadcasting, try absolutely everything because it's only by actually trying things that you work out what you love and only when you work out what you really love um, does that kind of give you that like passion and push to really... um, you know, push and push and push to get where you want to get. And that passion is really essential because there's so many people um, who want to work, who want to work in media. Um, and so being able to really clearly say, yeah, this is absolutely what I love really sets you apart from your competitors, I think. Absolutely. That is just one of the, uh, yeah, look, young people have got it tough and we just got to get out there. I want to get into media and, yeah, just... Same. <laughs> you guys are nailing it. I this mean... is what you're meant to be doing. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so we, we, we got the, the first step on yeah. the staircase. Oh, yeah. I've got to do a quote this week. You know, I do a quote at the start of every week. Last week was about Martin Luther King Jr. saying that you don't have to see the whole staircase, you just got to take the first step. <laughs> so I guess we've all taken the first step. So this is our first step. Hopefully it amounts to something. We're going to throw to a song, another one of your choices. Talk us through this one. Carly Rae Jepsen's Run Away With Me. Best song ever. (laughs) Amazing. Um, I don't know if you guys, have you guys seen the hype around Carly Rae Jepsen's 2015 album Emotion? I actually have. I actually (laughs) have heard it's really, really good. It is incredible. Thematically speaking, musically speaking, the bass lines like wow, phenomenal. Um, they're really, really well, beautifully crafted pop songs. The whole album flows beautifully. Pitchfork gave it like a nine out of ten. Rolling wow. Stone put it in like the top twenty-five albums for that year or something crazy. Wow. The hipsters are into this; they just don't talk about it. <laughs> um, and Classic. Uh, it's also great music for working to. It's got like a really motivational beat. Oh yeah, sort um, of keep the hammer hitting. Yeah, yeah, totally. So you know when it's like. Um, I've really got to finish this budget and I'm really going to work on this very serious general manager stuff. I just put on Carly Rae Jepsen and it all gets done. I love it. All right, Sean, let's chuck it to Run Away With Me by Carly Rae Jepsen. You're with Sean and Jules are on Sin Nation. We're talking with Tess Lawley on Front and Centre. Front and Centre with Sean. And Jules. Welcome back to Front and Centre with Sean and Jules. As you heard there, we love to highlight the achievements of young people on this show as we have done all season so far. Ten fantastic episodes. Oh, and episode 11. We're only one away from the end. This is very end sad. Is we can see the end. But before we get there, we are having a chat to General Manager of Sin, Tess Lolly. She's joined us now. How are you, Tess? Going well? Yeah, good. I'm loving it. Yeah. This is great. I haven't broadcasted on Sin in literally years, so this is very exciting. <laughs> oh, great. Glad um, we, could. We, thought, we thought it was a great plot twist to be like, oh, my God, let's interview someone from Sin. So, like, <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> yeah. There are other people who work there. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, but you guys are doing a fantastic job. I think <laughs> oh. the future of media is in great hands, um, oh. and I love your work. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. That means so much. Whew. 
Getting, getting a bit flustered here. Uh, uh, sure, let's start a question. <laughs> now, Tess, uh, we're talking a little about uh, you know the community radio. We want to talk a little bit about young people, which is what our show has been about. And all season, we've spoken to probably around 15 amazing young people. Uh, I mean, you know, we had Morgan Hipworth, 16-year-old donut master, owns his own business. We spoke to Emily Waramara, an Indigenous singer and activist. And you know other Damn, people. That's cool. Oh, we spoke to like a fourteen-year-old DJ, Black Summer, social enterprises people, multiple homie, people. Homie, for change. I like that you dropped your standards right for the second last week. <laughs> Love it. Oh, no, you're going to wrap it all, all up for us. Cool people. <laughs> yeah, we thought I added a nice bow to the top. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to wrap it up all for us. And I want to ask you the big question: Is what do you see the role of young people? Oh, like like in society. Um, It's a big question. Yeah, huge. I think um, uh, we really underestimate the uh, importance and the power and the value of young people in Australia. Like we have such an ageing population and then when you mesh that together with being a democracy, um, you get, you know, a, a situation that we have right now, which is where there are two parties, um, two major parties, both of whom are, are kind of competing on on how to minimise how much you deliver for young people and maximise what you deliver for um, older people um, mm. in society. So um, I think that leads to, yeah, people really underestimating the potential and the power of young people um, and also to a lot of really harmful stereotypes. Like I think one of the greatest... Um, uh, one of the greatest benefits of sin on a kind of broader community um, uh, kind of context is that, you know, mainstream media would kind of have you believe that, like, youths are just, like, hanging out at train stations and wearing hoodies and, like, drinking and doing drugs. Um, And then once you, like, flick your dial over to sin, not only do you hear young people, um, like, sort of sharing their own stories and having, like, that authentic kind of media experience. Um, but just, like, debunking that myth over and over again, um, you know, from uh, Sin really supporting a lot of young musicians to shows like yours where young people come in and um, actually talk about their experiences in kind of, like, um, excelling or, like, bucking that trend. Mm. Um, but, yeah, when you think about sort of how many young people are there and the enormous potential and and the future like rests with us, um, you know, that sort of gets said so much, like young people are the future, but I actually think young people are the present. Yeah, because um, I definitely think millennials get a very bad rap that we don't oh deserve. Oh, my God. Stop buying those smashed Avo jewels. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. Getting those Avo tomato, uh, Avo uh, tattoos. <laughs> I cannot go through a day without a baby boomer telling me what to do. And oh. my parents don't tell me what to do anymore. They've yeah, cut that right out. Now, yeah. yeah, totally. They're like, you're an adult. Deal with that yourself. Shout out to my parents who still tell me what to do because I still live at home, so I have to listen to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's on you. Yeah, Saz. that's on you. That's fair. So, I, why do you think um, is especially important to uh, why? Why do you think radio is such an important uh, platform for millennials in particular? Because you know, as a generation, we're so screen and media oriented so why do you think radio is so important it's a it's an interesting thing because um when sin started um it was about participation and it was about there was no way for young people to kind of voice their stories and um get their opinions out there um and if you tried to you were kind of just dismissed um 
So it's an interesting thing that over that 15 years since Sin's inception, we've gotten to a place now with Web 2.0 and social where like the whole point of the internet now is actually about people creating and sharing stories. Um, so you would wonder if something like Sin is really that important when you know we're constantly making media and constantly making content. Um, through online. Um, and yet we still support 5,000 young people a year who come through the doors um, and who want to do radio, who want to do TV and who want to make online media with sin. Um, and I think the amazing thing about radio as a medium is that it is one of the most um, simple and authentic ways to get your view across. Um, it's really, I mean, obviously here we have two broadcasts on digital and FM we stream online. We've got nice flashy studios with, um, you know, uh, nice acoustics, stuff like that. A little bit of sin advertising just uh, put in there. <laughs> Come on down, youths. You can increase your confidence, social skills and employability. <laughs> oh, wow. Jeez, um, you get those advertising <laughs> skills in there. That's what this is, right? A 40-minute app for sin. Yeah. Um, no, that would breach our license let's not do yeah so um um so you know it's interesting that it still has sort of so much currency for young people to want to actually get on the radio and i think yeah it's two things one is that you don't need much training um and you don't need much experience to jump on the radio um even with tv you probably need a little bit more it's a little bit harder to do but at sin admittedly we just chuck our volunteers on um so on go and learn yeah 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 give them a camera and be like just pat on the back just like good luck yeah it's called deep end training which i'm pretty sure is an actual thing that people other than sin do maybe uh, i don't know my, yeah, my boss does that to us yeah exactly exactly and think of how much you learn yeah um so, you know, you don't need that much experience and um, there's a real sort of nice feeling of sitting in a studio and feeling like you're kind of just talking to yourself when in actual fact you're connecting with, you know, thousands of people who are listening to you at the time. Don't want to freak you guys out. <laughs> um, and then I think the other thing that's so important about SIN um, as a community media organisation is this kind of like collaboration um, and this community that exists around making media, you know. Um, like I, I ran into you guys in the office earlier today um, and, you know, there was a bunch of volunteers around prepping for shows, talking about what you're going to talk about. Sin memes. Sin memes. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> making it's sin just, memes. It's just all sin memes. That's all it is. <laughs> uh, the sin meme page is the greatest example of youth engagement sin right now. <laughs> That's absolutely. the way to engage youth and millennials. Just throw them a meme. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like it's like it's like a sausage to a dog in a cartoon, you know. Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Now you must have seen some pretty talented young people come through the doors. Uh, is there some, is anyone in mind that's you know got on to do something fantastic, you know, in the in the media or you know just something else, you know? Oh yeah, heaps. Um, we're actually. Uh, we're holding um, a fundraiser that starts next month. Oh, sorry, next week, which is also next month, conveniently. <laughs> um, and uh, through that process, we've been tapping some alumni on the shoulder and talking to people and that kind of stuff. And it is absolutely remarkable how far the alumni network spreads um, you know, occasionally I drop down to the ABC for some reason and <laughs> I can't walk through the building without running into two or three um, sinners. Same over at PBS and at Triple R. Um, yeah, it's it's really remarkable. The the whole media industry is absolutely littered 
with Sin alumni. So but Sin Kim really can be a platform for people to jump into the big, de- big, Sin the big dogs. Sin is renowned as a platform for young yeah. people to get the media experience they need to actually go and work in professional media in the public and commercial sector. Um, uh, a contact of mine um, at the ABC says that if he gets a resume and it says RMIT University on it, but it doesn't say Sin Media, he chucks it out. Because <laughs> he's like, wow. you know, our, our studios are here um, on RMIT's campus and he just thinks if you were studying journalism at RMIT and you couldn't find the time to nip over to Sin and do a bit of volunteering, I don't want to hear from you. Mm. So we're really well known. Well, we've come all the Absolutely. way from Parkville. Oh, wow. Wow. Just around the corner. Oh, my God. <laughs> we've stooped. We're Melbourne um, students who stooped low enough to come to oh. RMIT. Stooped low. <laughs> this is why people hate us. <laughs> Where's your FM broadcast, Melbourne Uni? Just oh, touche. Touche. Yeah, there's actually a great small student station um, on campus at Melbourne Uni, yeah, the Fodder. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah, which is an online station. Mm. Um, Swinburne has one as well. Um, we get a lot of volunteers who do a lot of crossover, and we're all just kind of um, good friends. So yeah, yeah. I've got nothing against No bad blood between the radio no, stations, no. just between the, re- just between the unis. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. can have their fights. <laughs> all right, Tess, we're going to throw it to another song. We're going to be back with you in a second for the quickfire round. But So stay tuned for that, guys. This is Mercury by Sufjan Stevens, Bryce Stresner, Nico Mooley and James McAllister. Well um, done, Jules. Well done. Well, thank you very much. Tess, can you quickly tell us a little bit about why you chose this song in particular? Uh, probably not quickly, no. Okay. <laughs> we'll jump back to that after the, after the song. <laughs> You're listening to Front and Centre with Sean and Jules are on Sin Nation. That was Mercury by Sufjan Stevens, Bryce Dresner, Nico Mulley and James McAllister. We're here with our very special guest, the GM of Sim Media, Tess Lolly. Tess, tell us a bit about that song, please. Yeah, so the reason that I could not explain it quickly is that it relates to a personal philosophy of mine. Um, So uh, that song is from um, a full composition um, uh, kind of sung and and put together by Sufjan Stevens and a few other people. Um, And it's called Planetarium and it's about the solar system. Um, And uh, I have like a bit of a philosophy about just keeping some cosmic perspective. So like when everything kind of goes to shit... Just remember that if you compare yourself to, say, Jupiter or the distance between the Earth and the Sun, you're really insignificant and nothing you do matters. <laughs> you're just pointless. And that's just, yeah, and you're just pointless. Yeah. Your problems, you're tiny, your problems are tiny, mm. you can solve them. And that makes me feel a lot better. Yeah, I recently started adopting that attitude as well when stuff goes totally. to shit. Just like, it's like yeah. empowering nihilism. Nothing has meaning. Therefore, mm. you get to like put meaning where you want. So this doesn't mean anything. I mean, this show means yeah. a lot. Yeah. This is fantastic. Come on, come on Tess. Sing this is so the most much. meaningful, yeah. absolutely. But you know, on a cosmic, you, you get what I mean. Yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. All right, Tess, we've all had a good time so far, haven't we? Yeah, I've been having the greatest time. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Awesome. Thanks so much. But it's not over yet. Because oh. we're about to have the most fun. I hope you're ready for the, the quick fire round. <laughs> Sean what, what is it? <laughs> it's going to ask you. Oh, sorry, you. It's a it. series of random questions, and we want random answers. This is Jules' little baby. He's been working mm. on it all season. Great. He uh, loves coming up with these random questions. This is okay. the most fun I have. This is why Hit I want to get into radio, just so I can make a quick fire question after quick fire question. <laughs> okay. All right. So, first question: 
If you had to choose one show or podcast to listen to for the rest of your life, what would it be? Breakfast is on Triple R. Oh, why is that? Oh, I love them. Yeah. I love them, yeah. Um, they're, they're really good um, and they do interviews of 10 minutes that I feel like get into depth of like 45. It's really, um, yeah, it's my, it's my favourite. Oh, I mean, it's not my favourite way to wake up. I also love, bre- um, I also love breakfast spread-, spread on PBS. Oh, my God. <laughs> get cereal on sin. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah, all three of them playing at the same um, time. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. I have 17 radios in my house and they oh, all play. Well, the GM of sin media, I'd be yeah. disappointed if you did it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I really love um, Jeff Sparrow as an interviewer. So, I mean, maybe I'll say anything Jeff Sparrow does as a broadcaster. Mm. I love it. That was a very quick answer. That was good. <laughs> I was secretly hoping you'd say front and centre, but I'm that's so all right. Sorry. We're not there yet. That's okay. <laughs> that's, that, that's the show you're on right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm across that one. Righto, righto. Is that another question? Uh, Tess, uh, well, moving on. Are there any social norms that completely baffle you? Um, uh, catcalling women. Like, why would you just yell at a woman on the street? Why? Mm-hmm. She's just doing her thing. Yeah, just walking around the place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, someone drove past me um, the other day and, like, coughed at me through the window. And I was like, is that, like, the new catcalling or something? <laughs> they just drove past me like... <coughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> I was so confused. But, all right, uh, next question. Uh, do you ever yearn for life without social media? <laughs> Um, no. Mm. Sometimes I yearn for life with, like, no other physical people. Like, (laughs) their social media presence doesn't bother me. Um, Yeah, I'm actually secretly an introvert, so I really Mm. like being by myself. And um, when I am working really hard and doing lots and talking to lots of people and and that kind of stuff, it, it drains me a lot. And sometimes I have to kind of be on my own. But weirdly, now that I think about it, during those times, I will check my socials. Yeah, like all the time. Yeah. What's the biggest challenge you've faced in your time in community radio? Hmm. Tough question. It is tough because it's been so good and so positive. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the biggest challenge well, you've faced? Not even a negative challenge. Just like, what's like the hardest thing that you've what's had to face? What's the biggest challenge you've faced in a deeply supportive community where everyone like loves and supports you and wants to see you thrive? You yeah. know? Um, I don't know. That's a good answer um, in itself. Probably, I reckon um, it was pretty challenging when I was um, studying Um, And I had a lot on my plate and I felt like I wanted to volunteer everywhere and do sort of everything. And I um, at one point was working three part-time jobs, studying full-time and doing three volunteer positions, one at Peebs, one at SIN, one at Triple R. And like juggling all of that just felt like the most crazy impossible thing. Mm. Now I'm really glad I did it because it helped me find really meaningful, great paid employment that I love every day. Um, but, yeah, at the time I just remember thinking, this is fucked. Is this it? Yeah. Is this work? Like, yeah. is this how hard being an adult is? Because if it is, like, I give up, I'm going home to the country. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, and it was all fine. So Yeah, yeah. that's good. Go home and run a farm or something. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah awesome. totally. That's what we are all doing in the country, yeah. running uh, farms. Knew it. I knew it. Damn city slickers. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> All right, the classic sin question. If you were an ice cream flavour, what ice cream flavour would you be? Oh, um, 
let me think I would be oh I don't know I'm good at like what breed of dog would you be can I answer oh that? yeah sure yeah absolutely yeah um that, that another classic would, scene question yeah, yeah. <laughs> no not at all <laughs> um <laughs> I would be a sheepdog um not because I'm from the country yeah. <laughs> running your farms and <laughs> because because I work very hard but I don't know if you city folk have ever met a sheepdog but they're very intense they like stare you down they like like because that's how they get sheep in line. So like yeah. they're like really intense and full on, but they're also really hard working and then like a little bit goofy. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, dog, my dog uh, is a border collie, so she's like a yes, bit of sheep dog. totally. I'd yeah. be a border collie. Yeah. Um. So I guess if I was um an ice cream flavor, maybe I'd be like one of the rotating ones mm. at Messina that are always like a little bit weird. Yeah. So got a little pop culture reference. Yeah. And, like some pastry stuffed in them or something. You know. That, <laughs> pastry. Just yeah, like I feel that like like, speaks like about me. Meat, meat pie. Pop culture. Oh. <laughs> Pastry. Meat pie, gelati, copyright, Julie Vagona. <laughs> that sounds absolutely disgusting. Grand final yeah, weekend out. special. Yeah, bring it out for the footy. Some, um, some Heinz sauce on tap. <laughs> like you said, Nutella on tap. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. That's horrifying. Oh, it's a terrible idea. That's absolutely, absolutely great. Uh, uh, sure, I think we're pretty much out of time. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've uh, on our run sheet, I think we've got like another 10 minutes after this, but it is 8 o'clock. It's 8 o'clock, <laughs> so, so we're so done. Sorry. No, that's, that's what right. we do. That's what sure, we do, we're just yeah. going to have some weird rant about we'll, how uh, we're we'll a stressed out week. generation. We'll, we'll bring it in next week. Bring it in <laughs> next week, everyone. <laughs> that's how good the chat's been. That, you know, we've, uh, we've hit our 8 o'clock deadline, and unfortunately, we've got to say goodbye. Tess. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope no, you enjoyed it. Thank you guys so much for having me on. This Thanks has been great. Out. Great work. Great show. Oh my God. Team approval. Team approval. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thanks so much, Tess. We had an absolutely great time. Guys, if you are just tuning in now, we put up a podcast every week. Sean said to me, he's like, Jules, pretty stressed out. Might not get it up till Monday. So hang around, guys. Go final weekend. Oh, <laughs> Please. Oh, it's a big game, on, big game on Saturday. So Sean might not have it up until Monday. But stay tuned, guys. Check out... Um, we'll have it up on our socials which we're going to plug in the uh, sweeper that Sean's going to have up in a sec um, so check out our podcast if you want to hear about our incredible chat with Tess or if you want to hear any of the other 10 episodes we've already covered um, Sean anything you'd like to say? Just stay tuned for next week uh, oh, our final episode I'm just going to I'm just going to put it out there right now we are not going to have a guest next week mm. Tess you were our last one. Oh my god what an honour oh, thank you we've got a you. very special very special show lined up next week it's yeah. going to be very exciting guys so stay tuned for the announcements on Wednesday we're going to be uh, confirming that we'll be teasing it on Monday Tuesday Wednesday a big reveal of what the special episode is going to be it's going to be so much fun I can't wait get excited get excited for Julian to break down crying on live radio <laughs> because this is his la- last episode that we're going to do Not I'm crying sure he'll be back like normally do. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be back. Look, thanks so much for listening in. You've been listening to Front and Centre on Sin Nation. We'll see you next week. We are Sean and Julza signing off. Thanks for tuning in to Front and Centre with Sean and Julza on our weekly podcast. What another great show. That was super fun. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 7pm on Sin Nation or on our podcast a few days later. We will be interviewing more incredible young people and exploring more awesome, unheard of news. So, Sean, I'm pretty excited. We'll see you then.